Welcome to Crossing Darkness, a podcast about role-playing games ranging from games set in the world of darkness to MMORPGs like EVE Online and everything in between. We broadcast live over Twitch and are open to answering questions from chat during the show. I'm your host, Frozen Fallout, and today we have a very special guest, Sergey. Um, Hello. Uh, Der, shoot, I can't say. I, can you say last name? It's called. Der, it's, it's pronounced Devrint. Devrint. Nobody does der, that. <laughs> I am horrible. I'm horrible with names. How are these uh, Dark Knights uh, treating you, Sergey? Um, well, we're slowly moving into spring here in Belgium, so the days are are getting longer, and we're getting more sunshine, which is really nice. But uh, yeah, we, we basically survived the worst of winter, which was one week of snow, and everybody complained about it. Oh wow, you guys got it easy. That's oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's like um, it's like my mom used. Uh, I, I talked to my mom the other day, and she said like, I don't know why everybody's complaining. It used to like freeze minus twenty for for six weeks straight. Here it freezed, snowed one day, and everybody's complaining that they're dying. <laughs> like yes, mom, yes, indeed. So I here in America, no Texas got hit by like a crazy snowstorm that uh, like is totally not something they expected to ever have. Like the entire power grid went out for them and everything like that. It was like a horrible, horrible event that happened down there. And it was like it like we had a lot of snow more this year. It was pretty crazy how how we got hit by winter was not kind to America. Oh. <laughs> Well, in, over here it depends a bit, but generally we are in a fairly mild climate, so we're, we're pretty good here. Nice, nice. It's, uh, it's like when when I don't exactly know, like if you like like the uh, the whole of Western Europe, like we're spot in the middle at the at the Northern Sea. So it, it gets colder the moment you move into Germany and to really towards the. Um, toward the nordic countries oh awesome yeah that's uh it's it it's an interesting place um for sure there's a lot of you know a lot of talk about uh we 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 respect you um i was talking to you a little bit before your show was starting like <laughs> wisconsin loves belgium everything like we have <laughs> oh yeah belgium waffles and um your beer like i mean we're just beer connoisseurs so it's ah, like, you okay. know when any any kind of country that kind of has any kind of uh, stamp on we're, we make good beer, we're like, well, well, let's go check that out. We have like tons oh. of microbreweries here because we're just like, oh yeah, everybody should be making their own beer. Why why wouldn't you? Well, for for us, it was basically like, hey, look, it's a small village. It has monks. But it has a beer. It has a beer, of course. <laughs> so, but this is actually interesting. In Belgium, we have a lot of, uh, well, a lot. We have places who still have the old um, uh, monasteries, who still have monks who from the orders who make their own beer. And it's uh, been becoming so popular of late. They use the money to renovate things as well but um it's so popular that they they don't rush it they don't do anything in like like industrial quantities so you have to call in reserve and then they check your license plate and you're allowed to take one crate of authentically crafted beer by monks oh, wow that's that would be awesome and they're, 
they're really, really good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm sure they've been a, because perfecting their they, craft. They, they still brew on older, on the old ways, uh, modernized, of course, um, uh, for hygienic standards and so on. Mm -hmm. But it, they, they, they're, um, they're not like these, these, um, like industrial crafted beers that you would taste in in stores. They have this like hefty feel to them and that, that i'm a big fan <laughs> i've uh, like in belgium like we over here we have people who either like wine who have who, who like beer i'm a beer person <laughs> yep um I, I i like wine um and i like beer um but i i just like to peruse it and and taste it mm -hmm. and and I'm I'm like one of those people that you'll see like you're sitting at the bar with like the same beer for the first you know for an hour and it's like why why do you have only one beer this entire hour it's like oh I'm still working on it it's fine oh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I like to, I'm I like horrible. the taste but <laughs> I'm horrible with wine I mean a half a glass of red wine and I fall asleep and two glass, glasses of white wine and my, I'm drunk <laughs> I have zero tolerance to anything that's wine related. Yeah, I've been I've been uh, trying to build up a, a wine tolerance to a certain degree because um, I'll like play video games and be like, okay, I'm gonna stream and I'm going to go out and play a spaceship video game, go blow people up. Um, I'm gonna, I mean, this is just the perfect time to just sit back and drink wine all night long. And and by the end mm. of the night, I am like super trash. Well, not super <laughs> trash, like for me, super trash. Like it's. <laughs> I've never passed out on stream or done anything I regret on stream, but I've definitely um, been to the point where my like I'm just just talking and have no idea really what's going on in the video game anymore. <laughs> I'm just just trying to just talk to myself and chat. <laughs> um. So, but speaking of gaming, um, how, how did you get into gaming? What was uh, what was your kind of experience with getting oh. into video games and, or or uh, tabletop games. Um, well, I think I was uh, like way before the advent of the internet. Um, there was something I've always been interested in fantasy literature and fantastical stories and sci-fi, even as a kid, which mystified my parents and my classmates to no to no avail. Um, and yeah, you just. I started browsing around, trying to find things in libraries, but I came from a small village here at the coast, so basically what there was there was the only thing I had access to. And um, one day I saw a Nintendo Entertainment System, so an NES, and yeah, that was love. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I used to have a uh, Commodore 64 when I was way younger still with the cassettes so that that took like ages to load one game and and i think i was just too young to properly appreciate it because mm -hmm. i was only like six years old at the time and i had to figure out everything on my own in books in in languages which weren't my own and um just trying to run up to random adults that were friends of my parents asking them to translate how do i do this um but also yeah over here uh we're closer to england so games workshop was always a bit present and things like hero quests rolled in and then when i was i think i was like around 13 14 years old i met a few friends and we got talking and they said that they were playing role-playing games they were a tiny bit a bit or a few years older than i was 
And then I actually convinced my mom to let me go off once a week at 14 years of, of old with my bike, like uh, five kilometers or three miles over to play with people she had never seen before. <laughs> it's, and it's a game, mom. It's a game. And yes, 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 we'll do this. And here's the phone number. And it, it, yeah, it all just started from there. And then as the internet uh, advanced, um, we had more and more things uh, slowly seep in, so you could just enrich yourself. I think that was when I was around 18 or 19 that I got my first real internet connection. And yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, you just could, could play games online slowly. Um, you could just talk to friends. You could, you could find people with similar interests, because like, when you're the only kid in your town who has interests of these, uh, life is tough. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it just basically spiraled from there, and we um, pulled basically books. Uh, we, we bought books, and we just exchanged them, took notes. Uh, we started playing World of Darkness, really cringy World of Darkness. If I look back on it now, I mean, <laughs> but you're you're 16 years old and you play a vampire. I mean, Abruja is way cool. Yeah, rebels. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> Or a gangrel, never a Vantru. I mean, Vantrus are, are dull and meh. Oh, and yeah. Toreador, that's, that's for artsy-fartsy people, which is weird. Um, never a Malkavian, unless you want to do something really weird with it. But yeah, we just explored most of the, um, of the universe. Uh, same like with Dungeons and Dragons. Um, mm -hmm. I still have my original uh, second edition uh, hardcover, which has seen a lot of wear and tear over the ages, but I lovingly keep it around because uh, it's just this, this little treasure. And even up to this day, I can just take the book, sit down in the couch and just read in it. Read the rules about um, cargo limitations on a ship and be happy <laughs> with a beer next to it. So it's, like, it's just like this little bubble of, of happiness, joy and contentment that you look into like, ah, this book has brought me so much joy over the years. It's amazing. I, I do have um, to say I, I'm a big fan of second edition because that was the first edition that I, I got into for Dungeons and Dragons. It was, um, and actually I, when I got into it was just when they came out with, and I don't know if you there was second edition revised that came out that was like a 2.2.5 and then like that's when i got into it was not too too long after um that had it was just about to come out or something like that so as soon as it came out i was like i'm buying this up and and i bought up all the 2.5 books and it was not like i don't know like six months later or something like that that they came out with like 3.5 uh, maybe maybe it was a year or two, but I feel like it was like really quick that all of a sudden, uh, two, from two point five we went to this uh, three three yeah. no, We, we spent a lot of. Uh, I, I think I started playing in Ravenloft with uh, a dungeon master who was hardcore and brutal in that, so that were painful lessons. Um, I played a very good uh, um, Darkson campaign, and that actually around that time is the first time that I actually that I started running my own game, and which was uh, Dragonlance, which was you know high high adventure and fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Love Dragonlance. Uh, we did Faerun and uh, for Forgotten Realms and um, Spelljammer was uh to the uh to the things that we got into in second edition um it was also the joy like we had one gaming shop in the nearby city uh it was always a joy just like you know after school you go 
pass by just to see if there's nothing new that comes in because and, and sometimes you have to wait for months for uh, for something to come out or, or actually to trickle down to uh, to to here. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was just a period of of. of of joy that you could buy books and you could like read uh like like pertain so much ideas so much ad- adventure from it um and then just scouring the the like like old collections just to to uh, to to run stories for your friends mm-hmm. yeah um well, yeah when my doing parents about- found out that i got into gaming and they were like oh so you guys are all studying like that's all I sure. see you're doing is just a bunch of studying. <laughs> like you're all sitting around studying together. Like this is okay. I don't. I don't need to be concerned about like because there is a little bit of that. Like Dungeons and Dragons and Vampires the Masquerade is like you know the way into the cults. You know and 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 you know the the demon stuff. Uh, what was it like? Twin Twin Towers or something like that came out. There was like a movie that came out that like scared everybody. Well, I'll be honest, we never really had that uh, in in here in Europe. Well, not 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 in big scares and crazes. I think mm-hmm. I do know my, my mom and my dad were just. Uh, my dad didn't understand anything. I was like, <laughs> work, and my mom was just like, if it makes you happy. Uh, I mean, she she didn't challenge it or anything, but it, it's just um, she she. I don't think she really understood the concept of it. Uh, you guys have a time. more of a tabletop, or sorry, board gaming is pretty strong in like that. that actually, area. has developed in the last let's say fifteen to twenty years. Oh, okay, so that's a recent um, development. Uh, we always had the, the classics. Um, but over into the, like, I would say like 20 years ago, it actually started in Germany, which we see a bit as the, um, really the capital of board games, because the amount of board games that, that gets, uh, released in Germany is humongous. Oh yeah. I think we, we have like publishers here who go to, uh, one of the major conventions, which is uh, Spiel that I mentioned, uh, in our chat before. Um, which is four days where every publisher that you can think of comes to produce and present their new uh, their new products, mm. and uh, I think it's up to a thousand new releases with just with their old products as well on those four days that you can go and test and find and play and buy, and I've only like a, a percentage of that trickles down to to our market to get translated locally. But um, I've, uh, it's been, I don't know, it's like, I think around the year 2000, board games became, became more and more into uh, into the public mind here, as in the um, even common shops that we have here carry a large assortment of board games. Uh, things that you would have said like, oh, this is really geeky, like 30, 40 years ago, are now just sitting in family games. Uh, over here, with next to a monopoly like an Azul or uh, a Carcassonne, is sitting next is sitting here next to a um, a monopoly uh, and a Stratego. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I think it's also like people got a bit tired of watching television all the time, 
and just this 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 culture and this moment of let's share a moment together let's just crank out a game it doesn't really matter who who, um, who wins or loses well actually it, it always does but um there have been but, so many fights like, that my family has gotten into <laughs> over imagine. board games <laughs> i mean nothing but it doesn't never spill over you know to the you know to outside of yeah, the game but uh, in the yeah, game I mean, man i i, I <laughs> Personally, one of my favorite board games is ba Battlestar Galactica, and I've had huge fights and discussions and yellings while the game's going on. But that's it. It stops at the end of the game, which is nice. And then you just talk, oh, you were a bastard. You were a rat-ass bastard. I mean, I couldn't believe that you did that. And, and you're just like, betrayal. <laughs> but I, I think it's also a bit over here that people got a bit tired of just that and just you know, it's there's we have many gaming clubs in Belgium. I think most towns or, or cities have one these days, or at least something within, um, let's say, 10 to 20 kilometers of where you live. Mm -hmm. um, and they have dedicated game nights or themed nights. We have a, a, a lovely place here called the World's End uh, Comics and Games here in Ghent. Um, which is a lovely bar slash game shop, and it's open, yeah, uh, six out of seven for like fourteen hours a day. Well, before the pandemic, it was, and you can like you just see people have their have their nights. They they come together with friends. They play games. They talk about the week, and they share this moment um, without being stuck uh, in front of a screen. Uh, and that's, I mean, it's funny as, as far as computers have developed here and as far as it's, they're so ingrained in our jobs and, and ways that people go back here to find ways to spend time together in, in a joy and a fun activity. But nothing just like, okay, we're going to sit around the table and we're just going to drink and talk. But you're, it, it, it's, it's doesn't always have to be high rise. You do your turn, you do your actions. It's not your, you have a little bit of downtime. You talk uh, a small subject about it with a friend. Then uh, it just, you know, it organically shifts, which is really nice. And it's, it's, it's something that I've missed in the last year that we've been in quarantine here. And because um, I now, uh, I'm in a Legends of Five, uh, Legends of the Five Rings role-playing game with friends. And um, I, I run a Dark Ages that's been going on for four years now. We're almost at the, the end of the first book of the Transylvan Transylvanian Chronicles. So I'll, I'll probably oh. want I'll, I'll probably, I mean, I get, get, I get distracted. So we've done Paris, we've done the Crusades. We're currently in Iberia. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm just having too much fun telling stories in the age uh, to, to slowly progress the story. I really want to check but, out that chronicle. Um, I'm really, really interested. I would. I, I've got to find like an actual play of somebody that's done it. Um, well, I'll be happy to to chat uh, about it. Um, the thing is, though, is it um, it's a product of its time. As in, if you read the book, uh, there's a lot of ideas in it, which White Wolf tended to give you. And then you just fill it in in your own chronicle. 
but by quality standards and content standards of the products that we're used to buying these days, um, it's actually quite low. It, it's also a bit written in assuming things that, that probably they developed or they experienced. But it takes a lot of things to fill in the blanks with your with your group. But like any good role-playing group, you just talk about what kind of game you want to tell mm-hmm. and what kind of game you want to experience. Yep. And along the way, there, there I mean, we have discussions sometimes, like uh, our, our dungeon master for the uh, Legend of the Five Rings. He's really a stickler for, for the social rules. But we're, that occasionally we have to have a discussion like, okay, maybe we pushed it a bit too far because not everybody is, is comfortable at playing at that level. Communication in, in a role-playing game still, it, it's a back and forth. You know, when you're young, it's like, it's me against the players or the players against the dungeon. <laughs> now it's just you tell a story. Mm-hmm. And some people like to have it really rules-heavy, which is fine. Uh, because then it comes part of the challenges that are presented, and sometimes you just like to have, yeah, sessions or or even games or even chronicles who are low. Because something that I that uh, that helped me to evolve, I think, in in the last year or so, is um, switching the scenes between the players more often. Because mm-hmm. uh, when you're on on a phone call, everything is more analog, you know. Like occasionally, like when like you like have five people at the table, um, two of them are discussing amongst each other. One of them is reading something in the rule book, and you're having you're you're basically running a small scene with the fourth one. When you're on the phone, well, when you're on, when you're on Discord, it's everybody needs to wait their turn. So it's it's a, a faster editing between players. Like okay couple of sentences and and maybe a role with you then we switch to them and you just to, to keep everybody occupied mm-hmm. uh, yep. it, I, it, I it feels like it, it's quite it's sometimes at, at times it's it's um, a bit of a chore even but it, uh, it also helps you uh, I find that it helps me to develop more in the way that um, you can interact with your players but I'm yep. dying to sit to sit to, to just sit at the table again because I like you know the the the, the fallacy of the um, of the dungeon master. Oh look look at all the things I prepared. Okay, they blew uh, they either blew past it in five minutes, or we're here for the next three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't get anywhere. Could you leave that house plant alone? It's yeah. not part of the clues. But are you sure? Yes, I've written the story. I'm perfectly willing to include <laughs> You're a house tricking plant me. again. You can't do that. But but I mean, honest to God, it's not part of the story right now. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I... actually I'm, I'm really happy that we're able to play because. Uh, yeah, I I'm I have to say things have been working really well for. For, uh, and that's one of my questions, you know, is how how is it holding up for you during the pandemic? And I found, and I, I completely agree with you on the the concept that um, it's been interesting to see the how you kind of jump from one person to another. Um, in it's really much more of it's easier to kind of churn yourself turn it into like churns for yourself. So okay, I'm going to take a churn with this person. I'm going to take a churn with this person. Um, and and kind of let them work out their stuff because, like you said, they can't really 
they don't interact the same as when you're all in person. Because when you're all in person, it's uh, it's a little bit more kind of free flow of like who's going to be saying what's going on and stuff, um, and what and what people are going to be kind of doing. And like you said, you know, somebody will be looking up a stuff in the book, you know. So, but it seems like Discord, like everybody's a lot more focused. They're not eating, you know. If they are, it's a lot less, you know, obvious what's kind of going on. And it, everybody seems to be. Um, I, also, I do an actual play, um, so it's Mage the Ascension. Um, techno gate so it becomes um you know we're we're also like okay so we're broadcasting this to people so we should probably be a little bit more on point so we don't really have a lot of you know out of game discussion and it's kind of cool just to sit back i've been really loving just sitting back and just letting my players just role play with each other because like most of the time we're trying to be in character you know um because it's just that's it just feels much easier when you're you know you're broadcasting you know it's just okay i'm just gonna jump into my character and just start talking and and then i give a little bit of liberties to my characters as well as to be like okay you don't have to ask me you know to to get to a new scene you can just open up a new scene if you want i'm gonna go down over to you know i'm going down to the local bar I'm going to grab, you know, the, the players and we're going to go talk to Jimmy because I know Jimmy is very important, uh, you know, to, to what we're going to be doing here. And you don't need me to be the one to, to drive you all the way to Jimmy's. Um, you can do that if you want, if you want to role play that out, um, you know, okay, I'm getting in my car, John, you getting in the car too, you know, okay, we're driving down the thing and you can, you can take control of that if you want, where I feel like a lot of other games and other players, um, in, that I've done in the past at least are always waiting for you to they're like okay we're gonna go to Jimmy's and then they pause and they wait and they're like okay <laughs> let me let, <laughs> let me come in and tell you then how you got to Jimmy's because they want to have like an adventure that kind of goes along the way sometimes but when you're uh, heavy on the role play you get a lot of like you can get some uh, agency well, it depends from from player to player as well. I mean, I have two players in my um, in my uh, vampire game, and their characters are polar opposites, uh, both in philosophies. But they've known each other for now 150 years in game, and four years of playing. So it, it's like they're 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 very good frenemies. They they are of the opposite end of the spectrum like one is is uh, really self-contained and believes in the development of the self and the other believes in the development of the flock of, of the of the group but it's just lovely to see them because they're then then they just go on a discussion again and they nobody ever wins the discussion you know the debate never ends but they never win it's like but they, they always finish it like okay let's 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 agree to disagree then huh? I mean, uh, apparently today you're again not willing to listen. I'm just like sitting there, like, ah, they're so they're, they're so cute. <laughs> but other players need um, need to be guarded more. Like mm -hmm. in our other yep. role play, we have um, somebody, and if you don't pay attention to her, she'll just be quiet for the whole session. So you have to actively ask her things. And then she comes up with wonderful ideas and wonderful uh, discussions. But you need to, to, you know, it's like a very shy cat. You need to lure her out of, out of her, her box. And then she's perfectly willing to play. Uh, and 
Yeah, there's there's players who are naturally you know, they'll they'll talk to a dog who has a hat on. Um, and there's players who who are just also just happy to be in the group and happy to participate, but don't need to to take the relay. But it, I think it's also important that these players get their light to shine. But you need to adapt your methods a bit to their their um, wants and needs. Like yep. they don't need to go bombastic, but they do need to feel like they're included in the story and they were relevant from the things that they said or the idea that they gave or even just the skill that they used. Like they have to have this this feeling of like I contributed. Yeah. And and because there's there's nothing worse as a player, I think, if you're playing in a game and somebody gets all the attention and you're just sitting there like but I mean Look, I do something as well. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, you succeeded to move on. Now we're going to do this. Like, no, that player needs to be um, like involved, mm-hmm. and it needs you gotta to move that spotlight around. Feel, yeah, he needs to feel that 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 he's he's of value in this game. Because at the end of this, um, I used to play uh, like when I was younger. We used to play like basically games. You just picked up people, random people, and you played a game. And then you don't really get to know them so quickly, or you don't really know the the people as well. And the, the, these tended to be then bigger groups because everybody wants to play, and nobody wants to be the storyteller and put in the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and and you have like, uh, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I mean, you're just the 50 extra hit points that I have. Right. <laughs> it's cruel, cruel to say, but this is the only thing that you contributed to the entire four hours that we've been here. Um, is there a problem with that? Is there something that you want to do, like that that you want to engage on? And yeah, no, they're there because they want to be there, but they don't really want to play. They don't really want to play, or they're intimidated. And these days, we we tend to play more like yeah, with sm- a bit smaller groups and people that we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has challenges of its own because sometimes it's too easy to know a person and to know how they're going to uh, react to certain things. So it's it's fun to have a new player into the group as well because they bring this new dynamic, this unknown, but uh, mm-hmm. you, you want to get to know this. Um, and that just... Um, I think with people that you that you really know, and uh, longer stories, you have the ability to to develop uh, fuller games in that. Like pickup games are fun because I've I've run some con- some games on conventions as well. But then you need to keep it really high level. Um, like you know, everybody does something, everybody uh, some things happen, and people have this feeling like, yay, we played a game. Mm-hmm. But that's not the game I look for anymore. I think uh, it's like. It, think yeah, people evolve in, in their games as well and I like interaction um, like for if it translates a bit to board gaming as well because in board games you can have games where you just everybody does his thing but there's no interaction in that and yeah. I know people who hate that because because n- nobody wants to be like I'm going to buy this and then I'm going to build that and then I'm going to be happy because it's going to give me the, that resource and then somebody comes like yoink but I was going to do this. Yes, but I need it now. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> it's kind of like the difference between like poker without 
playing for with chips at all or anything where it's just everybody just goes around you put down your hand you win you win whatever there's no interaction between any of you you just have you just get some cards or whatever but then you get the the betting in there there's a little bit more or like Catan Catan is a game that is just so much interaction it's all about the the game that i hate the most i mean i am not a Catan fan absolutely not i think it's a horrible it's basically a more it's it's like it's like monopoly but it but it got sneaky and it marketed itself as being a good game like (laughs) no absolutely not you are still a piece of trash like no this is a bad game (laughs) but yeah so i mean but yeah there's lots of different kind of like getting getting interaction i think is is really huge and that's one of the things that i've tried to do as a storyteller is try to focus on role play more than anything um and having role play be what i um you know, from the beginning of my games, that's kind of um, what I'm presenting to my players. Is this concept that there's going to be a strong level of, of role play. Rules will be there, um, but it, it'll be to support the role play. We may skip over rules sometimes, and sometimes we might, you know, have nitty gritty combat and and go through the whole spectrum of of all the the accurate rules of stuff. Um, but for the most part, it's all about trying to just create. You know, a good atmosphere for for some role playing to ha- be happening um, between the characters with some kind of you know problem solving. Usually, that's kind of happening, um, and and trying to like move the spotlight around. Um, not necessarily always in one episode um, or one one session. So to a certain degree, I'll definitely you know just naturally make sure that the spotlight is being moved around. But I like to like kind of every episode usually somebody is kind of in the spotlight of that episode to a certain degree and kind of naturally trying to move it around to um, you know okay this is going to be a racing episode so i know that this character is really great at racing so that's going to make them really important in this but also make sure that there's a bunch of stuff to do inside of the car for all the other characters so that they yep. can participate um well be well we have the racer at the spotlight but making sure everybody gets their churn to you know when when the racer is doing some really important stuff and it, it almost turned out that it was like the supporting cast was way more important and did some crazy stuff that you didn't expect them to do at all. I mean, and we're playing mage, so of course, every every, every time you get to say something, it's possible that you've just thrown us all for a complete loop, and you might have just taken us to a paradox realm. Or, you know, yeah. like... <laughs> you win some, you lose some. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, but I, I do agree, um rules uh, it, it's important that the, the the game world itself is uh, is put into a matrix into a frame as in like i can do this i cannot do that um but the the flexibility that you have in there i mean no, there's nothing worse than than like a player comes with a, with a brilliant dialogue or a brilliant idea and then you just look at the rules and you say like uh, actually, you're not supposed to be able to do that, and that just would rob the person from from his moments. Which is, the, and I think that that's to give that to a player or to do that to a player is one of the the, the worst things that you can do. Because mm-hmm. if you take away their agency and their ability to do things, they're going to stop doing things. 
because Absolutely. they're going to go like, well, nothing, nothing ever works. Why would I give it? Why would I try? And no, I mean, we're going to fudge the rules a bit now because you did really well here. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm just so amazed at you. And I mean, it, it's lovely to see that. It, it, it's also, especially when you have like a player who's uh, new or developing or, or trying new things. And then they just pull something out of the hat and you go like, oh, wow, <laughs> nice. I did not see that coming. Do we have to roll? Absolutely not. I mean, just throw some dice, but absolutely we're keeping this because that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yep. that's also a reward for them because they see like, and, and then they go like, oh, I did something else. And then you have the other players talking to them like, Whoa, remember that? That was awesome. I, I like to have occasionally like um, recap sessions in which um, they're talking to other people and they're asking who are asking them about their adventures. Oh, yeah, uh, that's a good idea. Who give them the idea of, of like, um, what did you do there? Because we've heard rumors and I want to hear it from you. And then they get this, this chance to tell about their own stories. And from the perspective of their characters, and that's a fun thing that you that, that, that they have this recap that they can give, but they can also bask a bit in the glory that they've done. Um, like, uh, that is interesting. That, that that is something that I've got to do more. Um, I do it maybe a little bit, but not not enough. Um, I've done some kind of recap episodes, um, especially. Um, it, like just recently one of my one of my players ended up getting kind of knocked out um so when he came back at the beginning of the episode we were like okay so everybody explain in character what happened the last episode because he got kidnapped and now you have a vampire and <laughs> and a lot of cha- a lot has changed since he got knocked out and kidnapped so uh you're gonna need to explain what happened last episode got some splitting to do yeah uh, for uh, it for example, what was was good is um, they tend to rib on each other with the things that they also did wrong, because uh, in, in in and they hold it against each other, but not in a way that you like. And that's fun because then you can have like somebody standing there with them, like, "What the hell is all this about?" Well, Mister here, blah 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 blah, blah. and then they tell the, the <laughs> they tell the story, and the story changes. It's, it's well, the general gist of it is remains the same, but then they, you know, as memory fades, they add things or they forget things, like some some important detail, and they're like, and then they they start arguing. That's not how it happened. It happened like this. <laughs> I mean, don't listen to him. He's just gonna tell you bullshit. This is the real way it happened. <laughs> you're just sitting there like, and then you're just sitting there and looking at your notes. None of these stories are true, you know. <laughs> You're all wrong. <laughs> You're all leaving out some very crucial elements. I mean, can we? Uh... <laughs> but that, that also makes it fun because they, they get to um, enjoy their accomplishments um, and sometimes recall certain things that uh, they forgot about their character or they forgot about the chronicle. And that helps them to move on and, and to grow again as a, as a character and a player. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, and what we, we we call it the rule of cool here for for when we fudge the rules. It's like okay, it's like okay, you just said something really cool, 
There's no such thing in the rules that there's anything that I could, like, try and... I'm just going to completely... I'm going to do my own wits roll, and we're going to... We're just going <laughs> to figure out how to get this to work for you. And sometimes even it's like, okay, so you did the roll and you just botched for, like, the rule of cool that just happened because we wanted still a roll out there. So it's like, you still accomplished what you wanted. That's fine. We're going to all... We're going to say everything you said succeeded, and then right after it succeeded, something terrible is going to be happening to you. It's like it's like the, you know, you're you're doing this crazy, like, action in order to, like, you know, grab somebody from on the other side of the wall so you want to like bust through the wall grab them and like throw them through you know the wall because you're a big werewolf or whatever and it's like oh that sounds cool you do the roll for it you botch it's like you do that but when you throw them you go with them like you know (laughs) yeah that opens more possibilities um i mean the unexpected is really good to to push your players a bit out of their comfort zone in comforting actions that they're used to do which, which is, which is um, like if you have somebody who's really good at debating and then he just stands there and like, he just like, blah, 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 blah. And he just rolls really well. And then he's just like, okay, well, uh, the, the guy you're debating on, he just looks at you and he headbutts you. And then they go like, but I just did, did I, I had so much, I mean, but what yeah i mean <laughs> the guy just basically decided like yeah i'm mean, not gonna top that <laughs> yeah can't win can't Bam! win verbal <laughs> time to go to physical <laughs> and then and you have like this uber social character who's like i'm getting my way with everybody who has now a broken nose and is absolutely not a, not 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 a, like the player is completely out of his comfort zone. Like, help! This is not what I've trained for. Help! This is not a good thing. Help! And you're like, like you're sitting there, like, ah. Uh, and now it's time to figure your way out of this one. <laughs> um. So one of the things I kind of wanted to get in with uh, you was about the um, different kind of conventions and kind of stuff that you that you do because you do some you do some cosplay right and and you also do some writing um, and you do and you were talking about the what uh, the Splunk was it or is uh, Spunk or uh, Spiel Spiel that's it Spiel. Yeah. I'll uh, send you the link. I mean, uh, it's, there's actually people coming from all over the world for this. Um, as far as the States uh, and, and even Asia, as far as I know, just because it's such a huge event here in Europe. Um, so I'm a member of the uh, Mandalorian Merc. We do uh, screen-accurate Star Wars costumes that we create ourselves, which we then go to conventions with um, as part of usually the fan villages who are there to entertain people and... Yeah, have a lot of fun uh, and laughs behind the screen, so to say. And we also do a lot of charity with that. Like we go to children's hospitals or we go to uh, sometimes like uh, people who are sick just to go. Uh, We work together with the Lego stores here in Belgium for that. Like we troop for them and then they give us some swag and then we take that swag and we go to children's hospitals and kids who are in hospital for a long time or who are rather we we then in care in costume from their favorite heroes give them some toys oh that's awesome 
well, we work together with the, the 501st, which is basically the Empire side of Star Wars and the Rebel Legions, which are the Rebels, and mm -hmm. we're the good guys because we're the Mandalorians. Uh, you might have seen a show about us recently. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe uh, there was like there was some kind of little uh, like yeah, little, little no, guy no, no. something you know he's kind of cute maybe. <laughs> As for conventions here in Belgium, they really started hitting the main public. Let's say about ten years ago. Uh, one of the main ones is Facts, uh, which caters for I think about over the weekend for about eighty thousand people. And we have oh. um, a few comic cons, but they're really small ones, uh, and they're usually also situated in different cities uh, mm -hmm. than, than the main one. So usually our convention schedule here in Belgium, if you really want to, you could go to some kind of event every month mm -hmm. and spend a lot of money. But, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's been developing uh, well in the last 10 years, although, again, it's on hold. But uh, I've never been to a convention outside of Europe before, so I'm not entirely sure what I should imagine to it. But it usually caters here to a lot of fandoms, and we we notice a lot of difference. Like Saturday usually tends to be young people who who come with their friends and hang out all day, and then on Sunday you have families coming in, which is awesome because mm -hmm. then you're there in costume and you like you have this this mom and dad and the kids coming out and they're like. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> just, yeah. you, you just have this helmet on and like damn straight <laughs> yeah it sounds it sounds like it's pretty similar actually because i mean we like our biggest uh not biggest but one of our bigger i i think it is maybe the biggest uh is gen con which is like a hundred thousand is like our max that we get for that um but we have like origins and stuff and i think they're only like 20 30,000 um, but we have a lot of little cons all over the place, little comic cons, little gaming cons. Um, of course, there's Gary Gygax, uh, Gary Con, um, that that is the original D&D. Um, his sons have kind of picked up and started doing their own, because Gen Con kind of got taken over um, by Wizards, uh, well, by... Um, to a certain degree, Wizards of the Coast kind of has kind of taken that over more than, uh, and Gary Khan kind of brings it back a little bit more to its roots of uh, being in in the Geneva area because they, you know, Gen Con got huge. It got to the point where it's just, you know, it was this little itty bitty, you know, thing that that Gary kind of imagined where it was like, oh, let's do war gaming and Dungeons and Dragons and and get people together and. People are like, yeah, I guess that people might want to do that. And it's like, yeah, a lot of people do. <laughs> well, over here, they're more, um, say, main fandom-based for for things. Mm -hmm. like, of course, we have, we have like, Nintendo and, and Sega and so on. Like, we have all these these places sitting there as well. They they, they build up an arcade. They, um they they do shows they have actors coming in mm -hmm. yeah, but it, it's a bit less about the the tabletop gaming although yeah it's uh, more about the fan and that's that's here too is yeah. a lot of our 90 percent i would say of our cons are, are fandom based star trek star mm -hmm. wars you know all, all those types of things it's like you grab your niche and you grab up you know the the twenty thousand people that you can get to to travel to whatever city that you know smaller city that you usually pick or or even the bigger cities but um because like madison here we have um you know we have we have we do have a game hole con which is like a gaming con and we do have um like a comic con 
um, that comes by here. So Madison has more of the kind of the generic um, things, but most conventions um, are very fandom based here as well. Uh, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of oh, just we're just a general tabletop gaming um, convention, but they are out there as well, which is the ones I actually frequent a lot more is the general <laughs> gaming. Well, there's been some headway, as in like there who who run um, sessions on these events um, to to get people into it, but they're usually connected to to some of the bigger game stores here in Belgium. Um, but I don't think we have a dedicated uh, gaming like tabletop gaming convention here. Oh, really? No. But Belgium is a is, is, Pretty, is a small country. Yeah, I'm sure in so, Europe there's lots of of them, and Europe is pretty accessible to you. So, yeah, it is. It is. Um, but I don't think in general. I mean, uh, going back on Spiel, uh, so that is one. Of, that is the biggest gaming event uh, that that we have each year here in here in Europe. Uh, as in, like people come from all over the place for that. Uh, it, it's usually you like, but probably a bit like like um, for Gen Con, you either reserve now for next year mm-hmm. for your yep. uh, for your for your place to stay. Yep. Um, but that is um, actually the closest thing that I can that I know of here within, let's say, uh, five hours of driving. Uh, that that's that's huge in gaming events mm-hmm. uh, there there as i said there has been some headway that's been making it because it gets more popular and popular uh we have uh here in belgium we locally we run uh the con events which is dedicated to all kinds of tabletop gaming uh roleplay gaming uh, miniature gaming and so on um it's not that big i think it's it's also like maybe 10,000 people over over a weekend mm-hmm. that, that that come by. Yep, that's uh, but we then, but then we have a lot of the publishers of like uh, not the mainstream publishers of miniature games uh, who who are invited here also like Civil War, uh, Colonial, all kinds of things that that you wouldn't find in a normal uh, mainstream shop mm-hmm. um, like not a games workshop for example. And that's been pretty pretty popular as well. It's been growing every year, because there isn't also an interest in that. As in, like, um, you know, people, it, it's a lot more accessible as well to find information about it. For example, I just got um, my booklet of A Billion Sons that I uh, saw a couple of weeks ago, and it's 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 um, it's spaceships who duke it out and you can play with it whatever kind of model and whatever kind of tokens you have lying around which is really fun and those are the tiny kind of the smaller games then that, that, that get celebrated if i can call it like that uh on that event and there's there there are popping around because most of those most of those are um run by local game clubs with dedicated people who um who engage themselves for for that Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's that's awesome. Um, so one of the things uh, we're kind of getting up almost on an hour here. Uh, one of the things I just wanted to give you some time was to talk about any projects that you're currently working on, or any shout-outs that you kind of want to give to to, um, to give out on the show here. 
Oh, well, I want to do a shout out to my uh, to my lovely players, Gael, Wute, and uh, To, for making me laugh every 14 days <laughs> in my in my vampire game. Um, and my projects that I'm currently working on, I'm uh, we from Geekster. We uh, got contacted by Fria Liga. I don't know if you've heard from them. They're the company from Sweden who created Tales from the Loops and the Alien RPG. Okay. And they've asked us to uh, to review uh, a number of their products. So that's what I'm currently working on. I just uh, done the uh, review from Simbarum, which is a role play that I uh, sort of a, a, an atmosphere that I've not encountered yet. It has a very Dark Souls-esque feeling about mm -hmm. it. Like it is this fairly brutal world where an ancient kingdom once was, but it focuses on the current day. And it has a, a forest that spans an entire continent. And they call it the light part of the forest and the dark part. And the light part is basically four days in. And then you are on your own. Because then nobody's there to still help you. And there's dark and ancient things lurking within that forest. Interesting. And it gives you this, this, this wonderful sense of, of agency. is in like you can... Um, you can play treasure hunting within the depths of the forest, um, or you can go political in the cities, uh, and anything in between. It's it's a very flexible thing. It's, it's a, like I've been uh, I'm a big fan of their alien uh, role playing game because that really really builds uh, a good atmosphere with a good system. So that's what I've been what I'll be doing in the next couple of weeks for uh, reading a lot and then writing a lot of reviews for them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so definitely have... Uh, um, so I'm going to definitely get all the links in there um, for you. Um, make sure that uh, we get that onto our website here and onto um, the podcast uh, um, episode. We'll have that link for uh, all of you for sure. Um, and so I just wanted to thank you so much for being on the show here. Uh, definitely, um, you know, look forward to maybe getting you back on somewhere down the road for sure, or just to talk to you in general um, now that you're in our Discord. Um, and if you have a Discord, send me a link for that. Um, um, and if if you have an open Discord, that is, uh, you know, yeah, I can definitely uh, jump on in and always, always interested to see um, what other active games, you know, are going on out there, especially if you have any information on that kind of stuff um oh, yeah, it, it's lovely to also meet people it's it's fun to talk to other gamers from across the world because um it's just it's it's all gaming but sometimes just where you live forms the the type of of stories you tell and the type of things that you you engage in but it's it's just fun to to share these experiences to to learn and grow in that as well absolutely Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the things that's one of the reasons why I like like putting it out there was the having the uh, actual plays and, and recording it. And now I'm like going back and like rewatching stuff. And I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, man, that was a, that was a mess up. But, uh, you know, we'll move on. <laughs> but a lot of the times I'm actually just going, wow, like I totally forgot all about this. Like I completely forgot that this this even happened, especially when you go back six months you know, and you're like, whoa, okay, that's that. I that was a cool thing that I just I would have never remembered had I not recorded it. Even more horrible when your players remind you of it. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> that is... Remember that? 
probably, but you should tell me anyway. <laughs> tell it in character so I can learn. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, I'd completely forgotten that that ever happened. Ooh, that's not a good thing. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Well, one of the things that I would like to do is uh, run a couple of one-shots as well, because uh, there, there's some interesting tools that I found recently that, that help with a lot with map um, detection and so on. Um, and uh, there's a few one-shots that, that I still... Uh, that I would actually like to run as like... An, uh, like a, a Twitch stream, mm -hmm. but I still need to look into having to set up and how to arrange everything with the players, make a nice interface, and so on. So, yeah, if you, uh, you have any questions yeah. about that, um, I use Roll Twenty for for my stuff, and then I just kind of like have this Twitch kind of showing the screen of that. But some people, you know, sometimes depends. We were going cameraless. Um, camera mm -hmm. is usually preferred, I think, for Let's Plays. Um, but we also just kind of put ours on um our our podcast as well so we're not really into the visual as much although we do have some visual stuff that we kind of put on there um but it's definitely one of those um things that i would think is very um it it helps a lot to have visual like having the 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 cameras for everybody just so you can yeah. kind of see what everybody's facial expressions are and stuff like that well i'm i'm a fairly emotive um storyteller so i i tend to change my voices a lot and and have a lot of expressions um so so th that occasionally has been a challenge because not everybody's comfortable with using a camera uh while mm -hmm. playing yep but uh, it, it's usually like it's um, you have to be able to to express yourself while still being clear. And over Discord, that's not always the the, the easiest thing to do. Yeah, the camera does help because uh, of recent the uh, recent sessions we've been starting to use them for everybody as well. Um, and you do notice that it it improves the the game even if it's like the shoddy front camera of a uh, of a phone that they're using mm -hmm. just the, f the fact that you can when you're talking to them you can you can um shorten the dialogue as in like he looks at you with frowned eyebrows that you're just looking at it like what are you saying mm -hmm. and it helps to convey so much to the player and then you really notice the the difference between like what we discussed like uh playing online and playing at a table mm -hmm. i am really looking forward to getting back to playing at a table <laughs> like just so so and i got a good mic for it now that should give me a nice 360 that i can just have it in the middle of the table just uh recording what's going on um and i'm, I'm really looking forward to those uh it, it i feel like you could get way more heated in character if you're oh, if you're oh, in yes. person like because you I, just you feel like the emotion just rolling off of the people and i just you can't feel that through as uh, to a certain degree you can there's some resonance that kind of comes through uh, but the, it's definitely a, uh it's different that's for sure yeah it's like this this good shouting match that you can have with a character it's <laughs> like um again in my uh, dark ages i i basically just to the conclusion of a plot point, um, one of my players realized something. 
which he just 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 looked at me and he did, he just stood up and he says like uh, I, 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 I I need to go outside for a bit and I, I need to process this <laughs> <laughs> like ah <laughs> I'm broke uh, one golden star for me this took a year and a half to fulfill <laughs> but oh yeah that, that that's the thing that we're doing it for. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I just want to give some shout outs here at the very end um, to some of our fellow podcasters out there. Um, you can you know, definitely check out Twin Cities by Night, uh, Midnight Express podcast, Utility Muffin Labs, World of Dark Ages podcast and the Mage podcast. All of them have some really great um, episodes out there, all kind of having their own little niches, um, some of them being kind of more general um, but definitely, you know, like World of Darkness, um, World of Dark Ages podcast focuses very much on Dark Ages, Mage the Podcast. Um, you know, you can get uh, a lot of really good Mage information from that podcast. Um, Twin Cities by Night has much more of an actual play. You can get tons of different kinds of actual plays. World of Darkness right. and other different um, gaming systems, uh, Call of Cthulhu and um, other things that they kind of do really cool stuff. Um, that they have over there. Um, and then Utility Muffin Labs has just a ton of different stuff. Um, and if you enjoyed the show, feel free to give us a follow, a like, or whatever. Um, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, whatever whatever you feel how to express yourself to the channel. Uh, you know, you can get that on. We're on Discord. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Um, don't forget to tune into our Mage the Ascension Technogate um, actual play that we have going on on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time on Twitch. Um, and you can find links for all of these in our show notes, um, as well as you can also check out our new, brand new website we just got going, um, theageofstories.com. So theageofstories.com. That is our brand new website for Golden Age Stories and for the podcast. Um, and then if you like uh, space MMORPGs like I do, um, go ahead and check out EVE Online. Um, join up with uh, Golden Age Stories to become a pirate or go ahead and help us defend the Galente Federation from the war that um, that they're having with the Keldari. Um, you can join our in-game channel, Golden Age Stories, um, and give the code word Crossing Darkness to get a special prize in-game um, if you do that. Um, tomorrow, I will be interviewing Michael McLaffin. Um, and thank you all for listening, and see you tomorrow. If somebody wants to play some Magic the Gathering Arena against me, I'm uh, really happy to send you my uh, my username as well, because I've always been looking to uh, get, get some nice challenges going. Yeah, yeah, put, I'll put that in. Uh, what is, what's your username? Um, or are you just in general? Uh, oh, okay. yep. <laughs> just in general, yes. Okay, cool. I will, um, I will definitely uh, have to check you out with that. Um, thanks so much for being on the show, man. You have a great day. My pleasure. It was a pleasure to be here.